From KCRW, this is DNA Design and Architecture. I'm Francis Anderton. Desert X takes Saudi Arabia. I did have reservations, obviously, about coming. And then I got increasingly depressed because I knew that this was a historic moment. And I'm not talking personally. I'm talking really socially and artistically and culturally. The artist Lita Albuquerque explains why she just had to participate in Desert X Alula, despite controversy at home. First up, let's talk about the art that is right under our noses. Opening this weekend, Free's Art Fair is back for its second outing at the Paramount Backlot in Hollywood. It's bringing in its wake several other art fairs, as well as stirring anxieties among some L.A. artists. To find out more about both, we reached out to art critic Jonathan Griffin and artist Aaron Axelrod. First up, Jonathan Griffin. He is an independent art critic who's also a contributing editor at Free's magazine. The fair itself grew out of that magazine, which was well-respected in the art world. Even the very first art fair was far from modest. It was uh, designed by the British architect David Ajay and it looked fabulous. It was a big tent and they managed to attract really fantastic galleries. Um, There was a huge buzz of publicity around it and I think a certain star appeal and suddenly it seemed the whole Britain knew about Freeze Art Fair. Well, now LA knows about Freeze Art Fair and it's going for the same kind of star appeal. It's going for fabulous design. This year it's Kulapat Yantrasas who is designing the set at Paramount. Tell us what you're excited about at this year's Freeze in LA. What has always been great about Freeze Art Fairs, whether they're in London or New York or now LA, from day one is Aside from the quality of the galleries that they attract, the curated special projects have always been a huge draw, especially for people like me who aren't in the market to actually buy art. So the Freeze program consists of a number of different components. Uh, The main one, perhaps, is Freeze Projects, which is curated visual art projects and performances. Um, This year curated by Rita Gonzalez from LACMA and Pilar Tompkins Rivas from uh, the Vincent Price Art Museum. It's meant to be accessible. I think it's uh, $15 to students and and even less for kids and 25 for for regular adults. So it's it's a fun day out. And uh, not only are there these you know, curated projects, but there's also pop-up shops selling books of various kinds, uh, bowls, fake flowers, cacti, uh, and there's fantastic restaurants, and there's a great uh, art film and uh, talks program, um, all of which is included in the ticket price. Okay, so here comes Free's second outing, and as happened last year, a whole bunch of other art fairs popped up the same week. So tell us about some of the other art fairs. I believe there's one that's giving Freeze a bit of a run for its money. I would say that every every art fair benefits 
from the presence of the others. And although there's an element of competition, of course, I think that no one fair can cover all the galleries in the world. So uh, Felix, which is perhaps the all, the best alternative art fair that's that's emerged since um, since last year, is entirely different from Freeze. I love it. It's held in the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood. So the spaces, instead of being kind of white, bright art fair booths, are hotel rooms. Um, sometimes with furniture in. It feels much more domestic, much more intimate. It's frankly a very nice place to sit down and chat to a dealer or catch up with a friend um, and to see art. So that's Felix, that's at the Hollywood Roosevelt. Then there's ALAC, Startup and Spring Break. ALAC, uh, or Art Los Angeles Contemporary, has uh, been around for a good few years and uh, used to be uh, LA's premier fair, I'd say, um, and now re- relocated from its uh, location in Santa Monica's Barker Hangar to the uh, Los-, Los Angeles Athletic Club. And there's a really strong roster of galleries there. Um, then these two more edgy, uh, scrappy DIY uh, fairs, Startup and Spring Break, uh, one in uh, Venice at the Kinney Hotel, one at uh, Row DTLA downtown. And they are both much more geared to uh, artist-run spaces, very perhaps very small commercial spaces, and in startups' case, artists who aren't actually represented by galleries at all. So they're much more unpredictable, much sort of funner, much more affordable if you're in the market for buying. And... Um, a lot of names that you don't know yet, but you might soon. So you mentioned Scrappy, you mentioned the artists that don't yet have, have representation. There's a lot of artists in LA that are in that position. And speaking for them to some extent is um, is an artist friend of mine, Aaron Axelrod. I gave him a call earlier just to kind of get his reaction to the whole sort of freeze phenomenon. He grew up in LA, he went to CalArts. And he had this to say. The first thing that comes to mind that um, will have an adverse consequence to the L.A. art scene will be this whole thing about the the housing crisis, right? Um, Bringing something like Freeze here uh, attracts so much more money, so many more uh, huge international galleries, corporations, international money. It's just going to keep raising the price of housing and rent even more so. It's going to kick all these other artists out of the uh, of all the arts districts. And uh, I think it's actually really funny. I think Freeze knows this. So they got Barbara Kruger to do all these murals around uh, the city kind of uh, talking about the housing crisis, which is it's like putting lipstick on a pig in a way, right? So for you, Freeze represents a gentrification problem. Huge gentrification problem. And um, look, what attracts things like Freeze to come to Los Angeles is because artists are doing really great um, experimental works uh, because this whole society here and community is all about being free, right? And doing what you want and and unformalities, if you will. And um, bringing... Uh, these in- huge institutions here, these artists, um, you know, for the most part, they're going to be att- attracted to the gold and um, 
the importance becomes shifted from pushing the envelope to selling objects. And that's exactly why LA was, was so great, but it's, going to little by little be washed away and I'm uh, I'm a little afraid that that's going to happen. Did you grow up in LA, Aaron? Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles and I studied at CalArts as well. And I went to Freeze last year, the the first year they were here and you know, what was so great about LA going to shows, the focus was very much so about the art, but and for all the listeners if if they are going to Freeze, when you go into that tent as soon as you get in there, it's just stuffy. <laughs> no one, no one a- actually is looking at the art. They're all looking to see who's there. That being said, there's great artists that are going to be showing at Freeze, but um, it's just kind of uh, making the art scene here a little more snooty and um, less experimental and less fun and less what why they decided to come here. Do you think you speak for other artists in LA when you say this? I'm sure I don't speak for all artists, but I'm sure I speak for at least half, if not more than half. And Erwin, we should say, full disclosure, you have an artwork that's going to be visible this week, during Freeze Week. Tell us about it. I do, yes. So after you're done looking at the million-dollar pieces of art during the day and talking to all the guys with their noses in the air, at nighttime, let's party and look at some art where you're actually going to have fun and a great experience. Melting Rainbows at Wisdom LA downtown. Which is what? What is Melting Rainbows? Melting Rainbows is an experimental psychedelic paint party that will be guided by me, your shaman bunny, into visual colors, shape-shifting, saliva-spitting, all in a dome theater, 360 degrees, immersive experience. And I think some of that paint winds up in your mouth, yes? Uh, My mouth, my eyes, my nose, everywhere. (laughs) Okay. That's at Wisdom in the Arts District. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. Amazing. Francis, I appreciate it. You're the best. So that's Aaron Axelrod. He's an artist based in L.A. And as you heard, he has some reservations about the Freeze Art Fair effect. Let's go back to Jonathan Griffin for a response. I would say Freeze arrives in Los Angeles on the back of changes that have been taking place over the last 10 years. Uh, At the same time as the city's been getting more expensive and uh, the population's been growing, uh, so too has the amount of money in the city that can be spent on art. These uh, larger galleries from New York uh, have opened um, Matthew Marks, House and Worths, Ruth Margers, in response to the growing market here. LA is becoming a place where collectors will travel to from Asia and from South America, where the markets are also growing for art. My own feeling is that everyone benefits from a healthier, more robust art market, even when there, there are blue chip galleries that are selling work which is unaffordable to 99.9% of the city's population. Even when um, some smaller galleries are finding themselves pinched, competition uh, increases. I feel that overall, there are more places in the city for artists who live here to show their work than ever before, show their work and sell it, make a living. 
and the entire city's ecosystem becomes richer as a consequence. And I think we'll see that in decades to come. Well, Jonathan Griffin, pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to running into you at one of these many events. Thanks, Francis. Jonathan Griffin is an art critic and a contributor to Freeze magazine. I'm Francis Anderton. You're listening to DNA. If you want to learn more about Freeze and the other art fairs, go to five design things to do on our website. Coming up after this break, when Desert X announced it was heading to Saudi Arabia, the art world was split. Well, now the artists are there. We'll get reaction from the ground. Introducing the KCRW Donation Car, designed to be recycled. This first-of-its-kind vehicle will save you time, space, and hassle by disappearing. Enjoy the luxury and comfort of turning your underused car into a donation worth hundreds, even thousands of dollars. The KCRW Donation Car, already in your garage, driveway, or on cinder blocks outside your house. Act now at kcrw.com cars. Back with DNA, I'm Francis Anderton. Desert X was first launched in 2017 in the Coachella Valley. The land art exhibition appeared again in 2019. Then its director, Neville Wakefield, announced a new location for 2020, Saudi Arabia. This is what he told DNA when the news broke. The Saudi Arabian side of it came about, first of all, was, was through a, a visit um, by an artist, um, followed by a visit from, from a representative from the RCU, who were in... The RCU being... The Royal Commission of Alula. Um, and they were interested in what we were doing. Um, they were interested in a cross-desert dialogue. And um, that was something that, that has always been part of the ambition of Desert X, to reach beyond um, the immediate confines of... of, of of the Coachella Valley and um, out into the world beyond. And so um, when we were invited to participate in this, it was, it was uh, you know, a certain amount of soul searching and, and then we were very happy to take part. And the soul searching having to do with the regime or having to do with going into this extraordinary, untouched stretch of desert in Saudi Arabia? Well, I think I think both. Um, you know, it's it's a part of the world that not many people know. It's 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 only opened up very recently. Um, for anyone who who hasn't been there, I can only recommend you do go there. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It's it's really the the cradle of civilization. It's it's the birthplace of astronomy. Um, it has this incredibly rich history um, that goes back six thousand years. Are you talking about Saudi Arabia generally, or are you talking about a specific location? I'm talking about Alula, which is the, the specific location, yeah. Um, so it's a fascinatingly rich um, part of the world. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always been sort of written into the mission of Desert X to connect deserts and desert cultures um, across borders. So when this invitation came to us, you know, it seemed like a huge opportunity. Desert X Alula is a temporary land art exhibition that is part of a much bigger project by the Saudi government to transform this part of the country into a tourist destination. And this is part of the 2030 vision to move Saudi Arabia's economy beyond oil. 
Desert XL Lula would be the first site-specific art exhibition in the country. It would team five Saudi artists along with three from Los Angeles and six from the Gulf region and Europe. But news of the project caused a furore. Three Desert X board members resigned in protest, including the artist Ed Rouchet, who likened the alliance with the regime of Mohammed bin Salman to inviting Hitler to a tea party. LA Times art critic Christopher Knight called it morally corrupt. At the time, Neville Wakefield said this. Yeah, I think there are two points of view here. I think, I think essentially you, you either believe in embargo um, and that you don't, you don't communicate with peoples with whom you, you believe there are differences or you believe in communication. And, and obviously, uh, for my part, and I think for the, Desert X, the majority of the Desert X board, we believe in communication and we believe in the power of art to connect people. Well, fast forward to now and Desert X Alula has opened. In a moment, you'll hear from LA artist Lita Albuquerque about why she felt she had to take part and why we felt we should attend. For the Saudi curators and artists, this opportunity to mix it up on an international stage was a dream come true. Here's Saudi co-curator Aya Alireza at a press conference to mark the opening. I think I speak for everybody when we say that we've been waiting for an opportunity like this to kind of really you know, break things open and kind of get rid of all the rules. I mean, we've been asked a few times, you know, what was the brief for this? What was the brief for this? I mean, I mean, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but the, the brief for me was, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't need a brief. The brief is just, just come and you will understand and you will not need a brief. I mean, the landscape absolutely speaks for itself. So... About that landscape, unlike Desert X in the Coachella Valley, where the artworks were set apart from each other in unconnected locations and you had to drive to each one, at Alula, all the artworks are in one site, which is a vast valley of sand lined by huge sandstone petroglyphs that look like they've been formed by dripping wax. It's an amazing landscape and it's a very hard act to compete with. In the middle of this valley, perched atop a very large rock, you could see a blue painted lady sitting cross-legged. Leading up to the rock were pools of the same blue paint, vivid against the beige and red sand. This was the work by LA's Lita Albuquerque. She was radiant as she described it to visitors, wearing a blue shawl to match her artwork. And what I created here, the title of the piece is called Najma. Najma uh, in Arabic means star. And the subtitle is... Um, she, she placed 1,000 suns on the transparent overlays of space. So she's a fictive character. I've created her a few years ago. She's a 25th century female astronaut who has a mission to come to planet Earth, and she comes through time and space at different time periods, to essentially uh, re- uh, reteach the inhabitants of the Earth about their relationship to the stars, that we are in fact a planet that's moving in space. So she's come at different times. The first time was in the year 6000 BC in the country of Mali. So uh, here she is. She's coming to Alula. Um, this was a region uh, where astronomy started. And so it's the idea of that she's birthing astronomy, which you're seeing the blue circles are uh, actually a star map that I worked with uh, 
with an astrophysicist from Caltech. His name is John Good. And we aligned exactly where the stars are on the day of the opening, January 31st. Lita Albuquerque's Najma is figurative, which is a temporary novelty here. Islamic sculpture is typically non-figurative. Lita also explained that out of respect for Saudi culture, she clothed her character in an abaya. That's the loose, long-sleeved garment worn by many Muslim women. But as it turns out, she found out this may not have been necessary. And that's because Saudi Arabia has gone through some dramatic changes recently, especially for women. By royal edict, they have been given permission to take up careers long denied to them, to drive and to go to football stadiums. Guardianship rules have been eased and the religious police have been stripped of their power. Some women are already leaping at these freedoms. At the same time, critics of the regime have been suppressed and Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi was brutally murdered, allegedly on orders from Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. So, how are artists to respond? I sat down with Lita Albuquerque at a reception at the site. I come alive in a place like this. I come alive in this kind of landscape. And I also love the people here. There's a certain... um, aliveness and a certain connection uh, and a certain straightforwardness and I just I'm just alive you know (laughs) I think um, perhaps it has to do with my childhood uh, growing up in North Africa and Tunisia and Carthage like I can be here forever (laughs) you know I'm 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 good I'm good here it's so interesting talking to you because everything that comes out of your mouth represents sort of the opposite of the scepticism that was attached to this project when the news first got out about it. Yes, and I think that shows, um, I'm sorry to say that, but it shows a myopic way of of looking at the world. Um, If you come to, instead of criticizing a place without having been there and you come to a place and you get to see what people are really like, it's a very different experience. And so I did have reservations, obviously, about coming. There were three days where I had said I wasn't going to do it. And then I got increasingly depressed because I knew that this was a historic moment. And when that happens, when you're at the crest of the wave of a historic moment, you don't miss out. And I'm not talking personally. I'm talking really socially and, and artistically and culturally. Because this country is changing. Because this country is changing so fast. And I've repeated this story many times. One of the curators here has told me that uh, they're all experiencing PTSD here because everything's happening so fast. But they also know that the changes are being made, but they don't want to rock the boat too much, you know. So it's... um, it's, it's really thrilling for me to, I, I never thought this would happen, to experience, especially through I, my main uh, relationships have been with the women curators and their friends and their extended uh, people. And it's been so powerful. And there's so much intelligence and so much, again, presence and so much... Um, it's not that you can feel their world changing, it's that they're stepping into it. They're they're taking it, you know. They're 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 taking it, and it's happening now. You have said that from the moment that you first set foot here in September to now, which is the end of January, you saw some dramatic changes even in that four months. Yes. What were those changes? Dramatic changes. First of all, um, when I first got here, I had to wear an abaya. I had to wear a headdress. 
to get a visa, I had to have a letter from the Royal Commission for Alula. Uh, you know, all very official. Now you can get a visa overnight, I mean, 24 hours by online. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay, exactly. Uh, and then, of course, we had come when the desert was just the desert. And now there's roads and there's electricity. There's, uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that has been built. You know that in Los Angeles, there are folks in the art community there that feel that to have said yes to participating in this project is to let oneself be used by a regime that should perhaps be held in some level of contempt. Do you feel you're being used? Not in the least. I feel that I'm part of a cultural revolution. And I feel, I feel that uh, we're in a process of opening doors to something completely different than, than what had been. I think we all tend to have certain ideas and about places that we haven't been to, and then you come to the place and it's a different experience. It's always the idea of um, that people are great everywhere. The structure of politics is something else, but people are amazing. Even if it's the superstructure here that has basically paid for this whole project because that's the challenge isn't it is that what you thought about for your three days yes yes absolutely and then you think in terms of the if you think in terms of european or middle eastern artists coming to the united states and having the same kind of criticism you know that that's also the same thing so do we stop cultural progress do we stop opening doors because, you know, in the end, what remains is culture. When you look at history, what stays behind is culture. So do we stop that progress because of the political moment? I think one has to think from a much higher place. In a way, I think from my character of the 25th century female astronaut who has an over uh, view of time and space. And when you think of it from that perspective, then you go where the energy is. I always think in terms of follow the energy. You're listening to Los Angeles artist Lita Albuquerque. I'm Frances Anderton and this is DNA. Now the question of being used also applies to me. Most of us journalists were hosted by Desidex and the RCU, or Royal Commission, of Alula. So we had to ask ourselves the same questions about accepting hospitality from a controversial regime. Should we boycott? Or should we jump at the opportunity to look behind the veil and talk to people in this mysterious country that also has much to teach us? And by being there, were we signalling through our presence, our support for the positive changes happening in Saudi Arabia, especially the growing empowerment of women? Or were we being co-opted? You could say yes to all of the above. But what was evident in our brief time there is that there is a palpable energy, one that was healing for Lita Albuquerque. Desert X Alula came at the end of a difficult period for the artist. She had lost her home, her studio and her archives that were bound for the Smithsonian in 2018's Wolsey Fire. So I asked her if bringing her artwork Najma to the Arabian Desert had provided some level of solace. Yeah, you know, it's been such a hard year. Um, I mean, losing my writings, losing my drawings, things that are 
totally irreplaceable. My entire family's history, my children. My... So it's been really hard. And I've traveled a lot this year. And every time, increasingly, it's been... It's, at first, I was in Paris the first couple of months after it happened, and it was just ridiculous. I, I was in such grief. And now, it's yes, it's given me... It's given me the work... Art, art really heals. And so, I mean, I've thought about it. it. Of course, it's always with me. But very... It's definitely a, a, a tonic. It's definitely... Um, it's where I want to be continually, like to keep making work like this, making work in these extraordinary places all over the world. And to, yes, it's, and so home becomes, art becomes the home. Home is where the art is. Home is where the art is. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yes. Well, Lita Albuquerque, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Lita Albuquerque talking about participating in Desert X Alula. I'm Francis Anderton. You've been listening to DNA. Thanks to Ray Guana for mixing this show, and thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>